Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Kenny, and we're going to talk about Swift Shaolin Boxer, a film directed by Chen Hung Man and starring Angela Mao, and Judy Lee, and Barry Chen. Um, Kenny, why don't you give the uh, you know sort of first take on the movie? Yeah, sure. Um, so the movie um, is basically about um, a group of rebels who are plotting a revolt. Uh, we're not really ex- we're not really told uh, what they're what they're revolting against, but um, the imperial people send uh, martial heroes to investigate, and, um, and basically that's the entire movie. Uh, lots of people die, and uh, there are some interesting uh, plot twists here and there as well, uh, which we'll go into more detail about later. Yeah, I thought the the movie definitely the plot could get a little bit tricky at times. Um, but for me, I think the uh, the real appeal of the movie is the fight scenes and sort of the breadth of of set pieces, and 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 it's not even all that important to me when I'm watching it if the uh, if the threads connected all that well. Um, yeah, and it was definitely, um, well, I imagine back in the day it would have been a very visually impressive movie, um, but unfortunately, so the quality, we managed, we can watch it in nowadays, like, it, there was nothing that was high quality. It's it's uh, obviously a VHS to digital conversion, so we get the rather nostalgic flickers across the screen where in the past, you know, when, when tapes get watched a bit too many, a few too many times and there's a bit of wear on it. <laughs> And we're also watching it in that square frame, so it's like you're it's like that old SD format. So you're not even I don't like, and when they reformat for that, I don't know if they sometimes I know they cut out like just what's on the edges, and sometimes they just squish it up. So you're you're not even quite sure if you're getting what the director wants you to see the whole time. Um, I know like if you like if you've ever seen anything in that format and then seen it in widescreen, it can be quite a difference. So yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess we should say too this this is an Angela Mao film. She's not necessarily like the main character, but she's one of the main characters. And and one of the primary reasons to see the movie is to is to watch uh watch Angela Mao fighting. Um so I don't know what was what, what was your take on the movie? Like did you enjoy it? Were you um, I enjoyed it. Um, th- I think the fight scenes were great in the movie, and there were a lot of fight scenes in the movie there. Um, so, one of the the, the, the fight scenes that sh- that stuck out to me the most actually was towards the beginning um, when the second um, agent is in- is introduced, um, and there's a fight on uh, a sword bridge. Now, just from saying that, you might not be able to visualize what a sword bridge is, but they literally like stuck swords across like a plank. Um, that spans across a gap, and they're fighting on the edges of the sword blades. Yeah, and it's totally unexpected, too. Like, there's a lot of unexpected things. You're just like, wait, did I just see what I thought I saw when you're watching this movie? And they're they're quite inventive. That sword bridge, number one, as a gamer, I saw that, and I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to be using that in a game at some point. Um, but just as an, a location for a fight scene, having to balance on the edge of the blades was, uh, was, was really interesting. Um, yeah. It's like a, it's like a more extreme take on the, um, traditional fighting on bamboo poles thing. And, um, there's lots of fancy footwork between the, the, the second agent and the, um, examiner. Um, 
and uh, I, I, throughout the fight, I just couldn't help but think, what if one of them like slipped just a bit or uh, or, or fell? Like, at one point, actually, one the examiner falls down and his hands are gripping the blades, but there are no like he's not cut or anything, which was a bit took me a bit out of um, the scene, I think, because I would have expected his fingers to be chopped off when he tries to support his full body weight on the edge of a blade. But <laughs> yeah, I get. I guess they're um, they're 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 clearly uh, you know not not sharpened blades, at least for the for the purposes of the of, of shooting the scene. But um, but but I don't know. There was a lot of stuff like that. There was also that that's like right after. I, I think right after that is the scene when he goes into that Buddhist temple and there's like the four childlike monks and the yeah, Buddhist yeah. statue has all these little poison darts of different colors that it's firing at him. And and then there's just that crazy fight scene with the four monks. Um, you know, a lot of stuff like that throughout the movie. Uh, yeah, it was it's quite amusing actually. It's just the, the sight of this, you know, grown adult man, um, skilled martial artist fighting against like what, a bunch of eight and nine year olds yeah. essentially and and you know and the eight or nine the, the, the kids were actually pretty impressive they were backflipping all over the place like they literally like used backflipping as a method of traveling rather than walking throughout mm-hmm. most of that well, and actually there's one there was one part which i found was mildly disturbing was when they started crawling backwards up a wall it was like the scene from like from, from a horror movie basically the kids are like so they're all staring at the guy in the middle whereas they, while they sort of clamber with their hands and feet backwards up a wall and and there were there were a lot of scenes in this that looked like they were kind of inspired by horror movies like there, there was that scene there were a lot of graveyard scenes just like a ton of meetings that occurred in graveyards for various reasons and there was also the scene with the hopping vampire guys. Um, yeah. So, you know... And it, oh, go yeah, ahead. See, I was going to say, like, this movie sort of has a borderline um, fantasy element to it because the the Buddha kids, they, you know, d- during that fight scene, the, the, towards the end when he passes the test, um, he tele- the, the kids teleport back to the statue. Yeah, there... And again, I think some of that stuff I was wondering, is there like a material explanation for that? Or is that meant, meant to be like a mystical, they, they, they vanished out of thin air? Um, yeah. Because with the vampires, they ended up having a mundane explanation. Um, well, but, did they? Because there was a... So, so there was a fight among them, right? So the vampires were actually um, rebel agents um, yes. dressed pretending to be vampires. Um, but who were they fighting against? They were fighting against other people who were also dressed in the yeah, same way. But I'm assuming they weren't vampires, though. But I think those were merely um, either agents or or who knows, like. Uh, well, we're we're saying that, but given you know Angela Mao's other movies that we 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 we've, that are on the list, quite a few of them mention vampires in the names. So I'm, I'm not I'm not ruling it out. Here. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I I felt the vampires were explained as a mundane thing, but but the teleporting I wasn't so sure. And there is a lot of very exotic martial arts abilities in this um in this movie. You know, you get a, and you and, and they definitely lean on on you know people flying through the air and uh you know and 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 it's it's it, 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 I think creative more than plausible is sort of the rule with with this film um if it looks cool they'll do it yeah but i i i thought it was enjoyable i should say though you know we, we do probably want to emphasize to people listening the video transfer is very at least the one that's available on prime the video transfer is very apparent 
and you know the sound the look they it, it does not i think look the way that it, it probably originally was meant to um so you do kind of have to give it a, you have to be a little charitable in your uh in in your viewing of it but but if but once you give it a chance like if you can get past the graininess there's it's just like a spectacular sort of you know uh you know journey from from one great location to another you know all kinds of colorful characters with different weapons and stuff so you know there's a lot of sword play in this one it to me it felt very firmly in the sort of wuxia style of um of fighting even though there's a lot of open hand fighting as well in this yeah and that was you know just tag on to that the vibrant colorful aspect of it so what you know what one of the fights and um, towards the end as well we take it takes place in like in, in wide fields where they've painstakingly set up all of these like colored flags and streamers and umbrellas strewn all over the place like it's a very um it gives it a lot of character i think these those sort of um settings like it it, it definitely adds to the whole sort of um and visual impact, I think, and that's it's quite that that's a quite important part of the movie. I feel. Yeah, I, I mean, I think overall the movie get it does a good job of creating these different moods. So you have that scene that you're talking about with the flags, and there's a kind of a similar one at the end with the parasols that are all multicolored. Yeah. Um, but then in between, you also have the graveyard scenes that are quite dreary looking. But then you have that bamboo forest fight scene, and then you have the end. So there's all these very distinct locations and they're it's it's almost like they thought out in advance when they were making the movie that they wanted to have these contrasts throughout and it creates it for me as a viewer when they do that i like that it creates this sense that i've been to all these different places over the course of the film and it makes the film even though it's an hour and 30 minutes feel really grand and and it's not like one of these movies where they're just like on the road for 45 minutes and all of the scenery looks the same for the bulk bulk of the film. Yeah, and I guess yeah, and uh, on so some of the sort of imagery that I, I sort of liked as well it was actually happened at the very beginning of the movie where um, the first agent is sort of introduced and is sort of riding up and there's an old man fishing um, by the side of the road. So the agent's coming up to ask for directions and the old man is just like, "Whoop, here's a big one," and I, I feel like that was sort of representative of what the movie was about is just people fall- falling for these plans and yeah. being hooked along <laughs> unwillingly um and, and yeah the, the first guy meets a very um, unfortunate end in at the moment he gets to town and reaches the in room um it, it's kind of got an interesting setup because you keep having these agents that show up in the inn and getting killed, and yeah, because you, you think, oh, they might, they must be like, you, you probably start thinking, oh, that's probably the main character. He's, he's unique. He's got two spears. He's badass, and and he's riding into town, uh, questioning people and doing things like that. So you, you sort of, you would expect him to be a mainstay, but then he dies within the first ten minutes of the movie, and the second guy is introduced. <laughs> And and you're and then he dies and then the third guy arrives and 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 you're not even quite sure who you're supposed to be rooting for at the beginning. You you maybe have an inkling because you go, oh, that's Angela Mao. Maybe she'll be important or you know. But um, but it's still kind of you're you're not sure who the good guys are, who the bad guys really are, um, especially in a genre where you know government agents are not always the good guys in these movies. A lot of times they're the bad guys and and yeah. the uh, and the good guys are the rebels. And so you really don't know the o- the only the only thing that really kind of gives you an indication is that 
Lolier looks a little bit villainous at the start of the movie as the as the uh, as Chief Lee, um, yep. and and for some reason this inn is offing these agents and the agents don't seem particularly bad, um, but it's still to- not totally clear. So I kind of like that about the movie because you were, you were sort of waiting to see well what is going to unfold. Um, yeah, I, I do I do think one of the downsides of the movie is it's not very well explained at times, so you kind of have to keep up and the scenes tend to end with an explanation rather than start with an explanation. So you, you'll, you'll be thrown into a scene and you'll be like, well, what's going on here? And it'll eventually be explained by the end of the scene, but you're that, that initial tossing into the scene and kind of getting your bearings is a little confusing. Yeah. And I wonder if that, that was probably intentional from, you know, the directors and the, the script writers there probably because it, I, I guess in what it, it sort of um, adds to the sort of mystery feel of the movie. So the whole movie, you know, despite the, the copious amounts of martial arts action, is at, is at its heart a mystery film, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, you're trying to find out the motivations of the people. Uh, you're trying to um, learn the identities of who's acting behind the scenes and all of that. And, yeah, and, and the way they've cut this movie and put, put it together with the whole... Um, Things happen first, and then you find out what the what the reason for that scene was is yeah. uh, a, a good way of doing that. Yeah, no, I, I I think you're right. I mean, I think it was intentional. I don't think it was an accident. Like, I don't think it was a shoddy filmmaking that they did it. I think it was intentional. Um, but I think I think that the movie can get a little confusing at times. On top of that, uh, but um, but again, I think a lot of that probably like we were talking a little bit before we, we started recording that, that um, the subtitles might've been a factor there because we don't know if uh, the subtitles are that great. Um, and, and, you know, so who knows, who knows uh, what the sort of the source of, of some of the confusion that we had over the film was. And, and not that the film is terribly confusing, just that there's a few things that might've been better explained. Uh, yeah. The plot twist, I guess would be the, the main culprit there. I mean, it's uh, I, one of you know there, there's like a double plot twist in the movie so the first one being that the third agent is actually um one of the rebels um trying to find out um who all the other imperial agents are um and then it turns out that the person that he was working with uh, betrays him for whatever reason that we so brendan and i sort of decided that it was because he wanted to um clean up his tracks a bit you know get rid of anyone involved so that so that um no news can leak or he can't be blackmailed or whatever whatever reason uh, but the dialogue nothing in the dialogue implied this until it happened yeah unless we missed it which is always possible yeah um but yeah i, I would agree i mean you do you knew you knew there was a twist coming because the the flute player is a mysterious figure that they don't reveal until you know later in the movie and so you knew that there would be some kind of twist around that but it, it wasn't uh it, it was a little it was just a little bit confusing um but 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 i don't know i didn't i didn't find that it detracted terribly from my enjoyment of the film the the, no. the biggest complaint i had about the movie was the video transfer that really is the biggest uh the biggest issue with it because it's kind of got a yellow tone and um you know it, so it's a little bit muddy looking but but the fight scenes are really spectacular in this. I thought the fight scenes 
uh, you know, you get such a mix of, like I said, the sword play, but also, you know, Angelo Mao, who's really, you know, great at sort of the kicking and things like that. You get, you know, you just get a lot of really wonderful fight scenes where, you know, in, in some of these movies, the kicks can sometimes be not terribly convincing. Um, yeah. and the kicks here are really spot on, I thought. So, yeah. And, and do, do we know like what, what Angela Mao, what style she learned? Or does she learn? Yeah, she, um, so my understanding is she has a, a background in Hapkido and Taekwondo. Um, okay. I've heard that she, there were some other martial arts mixed in there. I don't know how much of it was done. To, like sometimes people learn things as they're developing as an actor and sometimes it's before. And I don't know how much I've heard different things, but I know she has some, uh, I think she has some black belts. Um, but either way, I used to do Taekwondo and I, I feel, you know, whenever I, unless it's an Angela Mao movie where the fight choreography wasn't well planned out or it's just like a, you know, like a really crappy low budget one. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but whenever she's in a movie, her kicks always look so spot on to me, especially for that time. Um, oh yeah, do you know what I mean? like uh, all, all the all the kick all the kicking that she does in this movie are all very well executed. That they're crisp, and yeah, you, know, you can you can sort of feel that there is power if it lands and it's a proper kick. It's yeah. not just um, yeah you know, raising her leg in the air like a gymnast or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, and but also in terms of le- raising her leg in the air, she can get her legs like like a lot of people cannot do that thing where you get your legs that high up. Yeah, and and she's 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 able to do it, but like you said, it's done in a way that's looks like it's meant to generate power um yeah and i also want to say that so the guy um so um what was his name again ho chen no that's the first guy ho kun um the the blue robe the sort of the third agent like he, he does a few kicks as well but they're not as high as um as miss longs or uh, or angela mao's characters like it, it, his kicks were yeah he, he was much better at the whole um fist work aspect of the martial of, of the choreography yeah. and um you can see like he, he, he was a person who sort of properly learned um i don't know we we sort of figured it was mantis style or something like along those lines right i think at certain um, points there seemed to be these man- I, I think it was him using the mantis style though, though it depends on the scene because there are some scenes where i mean yeah his kicks are a little lower i think you're right um yeah. but uh but also, he was. I think he was primarily using the sword in most of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And the other guy, I don't remember the character's name, but the beggar that was kind of helping him was quite good too, with with the the open handed stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> all I remember from the beggar guy is that he was tossing things all the time. Like that was his thing. He was throwing, you know, pick up a handful of dirt, throw it. Pick up a pot yeah. on the floor, throw it. <laughs> Get a coffin, throw it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he was he was into hurling things. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, but with Angela Mao, I know, like, I mean, she's famous for her kicks. If, uh, there's a there's a great movie called Lady Whirlwind. I think it's called Lady Whirlwind. I'll have to look it up, make sure I'm not misremembering that. But I think it's Lady Whirlwind where she uh, she she has some real spectacular kicks in that. And uh, when Taekwondo strikes and is another Hapkido, which again Hapkido is not as heavy on the kicks, but it still has them. It's kind of like a combination of like a grappling style with Taekwondo. Um, and I think Hapkido is probably one of the better looking movies that she's been in. Um, and, uh, and then there's even another one called, um, oh, what is it called? Broken Oath, where it's, it's more of like a classic wuxia. So she gets to use more weapons and stuff. But, um, but yeah, she, she's great. The thing with Angela Mao movies is she's always really good. But sometimes the movies she in, she's in don't rise to that, 
to sort of the, you know, she, she's such a spectacular performer. Um, not all of her movies do her justice. Um, but yeah, I thought overall, it's just such a, this movie has such a great mix. Uh, you know, you get the open-handed stuff, you get the weapon stuff, you get everything, and you have a lot of really great performances. Um, and Lolier as the villain is, is tremendous. Um, he doesn't really get a lot of screen time. He's kind of in and out at the beginning. Yeah, he gets like a couple of minutes at the beginning and then mostly towards the end. Yeah. And he's not really introduced all that dramatically. Like they, he, the guy's like, I have an appointment at this place. And then he goes, and then the next scene is him there fighting Lolier. But it's already like they're in the middle of their battle. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, he's a very reliable performer. Um, mm. So, and so I think we're getting some background noise. Oh, okay. So, I see. Can you, is it okay now or can you still hear? I think it's okay. Okay. Uh, I think yeah. we're not getting it anymore. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but overall, I, I and I, I think you're right. I think the fantasy elements in this are, are pretty strong. And they're one of the things that make it so fun. I think in general, the, it just feels like a fun movie. You can't, you go in and there's, there's, you know, I found myself smiling the whole time I was watching it uh, because it just kept surprising me with new things. Um, yeah, I did find myself thinking, uh, "Oh wow, I did not expect them to do that." And I was like, "Wow, <laughs> I did." This movie is going really far along the ways of, uh, I guess, to, to put it in the blunt way, would be absurdity sometimes. Like, it's like, "Wow, this is does not make any sense," but it looks yeah. great, and you there, know, it's cool. There's like an escalation of that that seems to start happening in the mid to late '70s and continues in through the '80s. And uh, like we'll we'll have to do the movie Web of Death at some point because that's one where you really start to see the the craziness getting getting uh, you know yeah I don't know where the origin point actually is but um, but that's a good example I think of some of that escalation and then you have you know especially by like 1983 and 84 uh, some real crazy movies like in this one too you have a giant right there was a giant in the um, I mean it's not like a super giant but. In the uh, in the fight scene with all oh, the flags. Oh, the, the, the flags! Yeah, one of the guys was just like exceptionally tall. I think yeah. it was like almost seven foot from the next thing. Yeah, you, and and it looked like they were trying to even make him look bigger with some of the camera. With the angles. camera angles, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, just all all kinds of stuff like that. It's it's it's. I usually just use the term Gonzo for that kind of wusha. Like they're just, you know, they're just for the freely taking. It's it, they're not they're not firmly getting into fantasy, but there's definitely fantastic elements working their way into the movie. Um, yeah. And, uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's continue. Oh, so, so, you know, so I mean like, you know, I, I think a classic example, I just did a discussion with lady Chow Fung on it is a uh, Holy flame of the martial world, which, um, unfortunately it's not, a, I don't think it's available for streaming. So people who want to see that one will have to order it. But uh, but that's a good example of a of a real Gonzo sort of film like this. Um, this doesn't quite get as extreme as that one, but it gets pretty close. Um, I think there was another one that this kind of reminded me of called "We Will Eat You." I think that's the oh, name yes. of it. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is very sort of uh, I don't know. It, it sometimes movies like that can get way too crazy but this is a good example of it where it just keeps it was just enough i think it was it was a good a good amount of um craziness um 
And I, and I felt like I looked back and I felt like I had been on a ride. Do you know what I mean? I felt like I had been on a nice ride and I, you know, it, you know, it just was sort of, you know, worth the time I invested in watching it. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to point out one, and obviously which I really liked as well, or the set piece, I guess, would be the um, in, in the in room. Basically, every time like one of the agent goes in and 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 they look around and say this room to the the maid who bring who's bringing them in, they inevitably ended up dying. So yeah, that was like a jinx phrase. And then when the third character walked in, I was just waiting for it to happen, and he just looked around and just sort of nodded and didn't say anything. I was like, yeah, this guy's gonna live. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, they, they definitely telegraphed a lot of stuff. The, uh, like, like when the, um, uh, like there's a whole incident that they stage where, uh, I think a woman in the, in, in the inn is attacked by a patron and he rescues her and it's obviously done so that she can get close and try to kill him. And, and the proprietor sort of nods to her and she nods and you know exactly what's going to be happening. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. And, and, and like you said, the set pieces, the. The, 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 the or the room itself, like when 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 the third agent sits on the bed and it suddenly flips over into a bed of needles, <laughs> that that was pretty yeah. <laughs> unexpected. And I thought that was really cool. And there's quite a lot of that. I, again, like when when it got and what was great about it is when they finally get to that scene where there's the hopping vampires, you kind of do just shrug your shoulders. You're like, well, I guess there's vampires now. Okay, um, you don't really question it. Um, it. It's more waiting to see what what would happen rather than being, oh, what vampire this movie is crap why are we something and not all movies pull that off some of them go really you know go so far it's it's just it's too much um but uh but yeah this is oh another another good one i think if uh people can find it that's sort of in the same zone is a movie called bloody parrot <laughs> if you can get a chance to see bloody parrot it's kind of up in that that area of uh of gonzo but um but yeah, no, this I, I I enjoyed it, and uh and like I said, it's it's I mean, if you see this on Prime, Angela Mao's on the cover. She's not. It's not like she she's not like the main star like she is in some of her other movies, but but she has a very prominent character who gets it. You know, has is some really important fight scenes in it, and she is in the final battle. Um, but it's kind of like her and the. Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Hokun. Uh, Hokun, the yeah. third agent. Yeah. Yeah. Her, he, he and and she are kind of vying for the supreme role in the movie. It seems. Um, I, I, that's a that's a that's a good sort of segue into the, the relationships between the people in the movie. So that was a bit of a strange one. So we don't really, you know, the, the first and second agents don't really get a chance to um, develop in any way. So, yeah, we, we can write them off. But the third agent, so Hokun, gets a lot of screen time and lots of interactions with Miss Long, um, Angela Mao's character. Um, and, you know, and part of the reason why um, why Hokun dies at the end is because he hesitates to kill her because she, well, um, wrapped his wounds up for him once and fed him some food. <laughs> Well, they had like a tender moment where they played the yeah. music and it was clear that she was falling for him, I guess, unless yeah. she was pretending, um, which is entirely possible, but I think it was sincere. And, uh, but go, go. Yeah, go I was, was going to say, and, and it, it led to like 
so that one moment, you know, led towards the end of the movie where he sort of realizes that, yeah, you know, oh, my cause is wrong and I have uh, done lots of wrong and, you know, <laughs> here are the plans of the rebels and here's the location of the base or whatever it was in, in, in his flute and he hands it all over to him. He's like, and now I can uh, atone for my crimes type of thing. Well, I was thinking about it. It's a very odd turn of events with the character. Um, and I was trying to think out, you know, like, okay, so on the one hand, maybe, maybe he was propelled in that direction because of his sense of affection for her and he, and he legitimately felt bad. Maybe yeah. also, you know, because, you know, once he's stabbed, you know, he's dying. And so he's maybe just trying to salvage whatever he can from the situation. <laughs> maybe just giving her the plans is like, you know, the, the best thing he can possibly do in that moment to, to, to come out some kind of winner. It's um, very, it's very wuxia. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that much. Like in, in, in the last moments sort of, uh, uh, admitting, you know, your, your defeat and being the gracious loser in this case <laughs> is, uh, um, something I can appreciate. It was a very gracious moment. It was very, it was very gracious. There was a lot condensed into that sort of ten seconds of time when yeah. it, when it when it happened. But uh, but but yeah, there's there, there's um, I don't know. There, there were there were a lot of interesting sort of things like that. But that 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 relationship was was kind of uh, curious because it do, they did sort of present it initially as like oh they're clearly going to be like a you know there's going to be something between them. And and it really more leads to the scene where where he gets stabbed by her. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, were there other character relationships that you were thinking about, or was that the main one? Oh yeah, that was the main one. I mean, the other only other person who sort of got a, quite a few lines was um, the beggar boy. Uh, oh, yeah, well, he wasn't yeah. really a boy, was he? But he, he he was much younger compared to the rest of the cast, I think. So, um, did he have a name? Uh, I I didn't happen to notice it, and I was trying to find names the whole time, but I still might have missed yeah. it. Yeah. So so we were sort of first introduced to him when he's hiding under the bed. Um, yeah, when he says he's there to protect uh, Hokun, um, and yeah, it, it, he. They have some banter, you know, uh, Hogan sort of like doubting his abilities and, yeah, probably thinking he's a bit too young, that type of thing. Um, and the, I guess we sort of see more a more playful side of Hogan at that point. You know, he's not just like an all, all serious, um, you know, secret agent, rebel plotter type of person. <laughs> you know, not that we knew he was a rebel plotter at that point in time, but it was, yeah, you, you, we got to see some of his charm, I guess, which may have sort of... Um, yeah, since there, there was yeah, but periods of time where maybe he did um, use that charm on Miss uh, Lung, for example. Maybe that's why yeah, there's a sort of a blossoming romance between them. Um, and, yeah, yeah, he's, he, he is. You know, he seemed like a, a funny guy, a great guy to sort of hang around with. And um, when the the guy when the protector was being in, uh, insulted in the inn, like he stood up for him and fought for him. So you saw, you, you think that you saw get a hint that he might be an honorable type of person right yeah. so no he's a very likable character and that was actually kind of one of my favorite scenes because the guys storm in and they say this guy's not allowed in here he's too young and uh yeah. and he's like well who, who made that rule up and the guy's like i did just now <laughs> it's just like a very it's it's one of those moments that again you know as a gamer you you know if it, it can be very confusing if people don't know the genre and they see a gm trying to sort of imitate that style of character yeah but uh but i but i always like when they pop up in these movies uh 
Yeah, it's the the power trip aspect is might might be a bit difficult to understand for people who aren't familiar with Wuxia. It's just like people who are generally bossy just because they can be, rather than you know having any deep motivations or whatever. Yeah, that's true. And I'm I'm actually looking at the um the final scene, and I I think I'm not sure if it's supposed to be Mantis or Snake, but it's some kind like uh the Ho Kun character. He definitely is doing the thing with the hands like that. Um, yeah, and uh, that final battle. It was interesting because you have the you have the fight between uh, Chief Lee and Hokun, and and after that one's done, that's when Angela Mao sort of shows up and she runs up to him like she's like she's in love, and then they fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's so it's such a like you know like only in like a Wuxia movie does that like the, you know it's like well I call the what I call it is like when um when you have two characters who who obviously could fight so therefore they should it happens yeah. do you know what i mean it's like when yeah. you have the shifting alliances and like the people that were fighting together suddenly are fighting because why not we got oh, these people why not? Fight yeah. together. <laughs> so, um, but not not that it didn't make sense it did make sense but i i you know it it would it wouldn't it wouldn't work in like a typical sort of modern action movie as much as in a movie no, the heroine running towards the main character and then suddenly they turn guns on each other and <laughs> start fighting yeah but uh and it's a it's a it's a really great scene because they got the guys they're fighting in that that battlefield filled with the parasols and i think he actually takes a parasol out and starts starts using that as a weapon um yeah. And, uh, and he does the cool thing where he sort of throws that and it sort of flickers around um, the the protect the, the beggar guy and and I think the, the the handle of the parasol as well was a weapon, wasn't it? Was that the one that was that the thing that injured the beggar? Because I think it's I, one he, he picked up a stick of some sort and it's and it shot out. Um, well, I remember Lo, Lolier uh, used used the parasol handle, right? Wasn't that? Didn't he pull out one of the handles? The Chief Lee character, ah, uh, yeah, had, yeah, like yeah. a concealed thing in it. I think yeah. maybe all of the parasols might have. Um, okay, how did how did Chief Lee know about? <laughs> the I don't. Weapon? I don't know. I'd have to. It's one of those. See, this is one of these. One of the things about a movie like this is 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 it would have very good replay value for that reason because you could literally watch this just to trace the path of the parasol in the fight sequence do you know what i mean yeah and so yeah. i i was i wasn't able to really remember like when he picked up the parasol if it was just something he randomly grabbed um because there was like it, it looked like hundreds or thousands of them um so my guess is either all of them had something like that in there or they just knew which ones to get but and yeah it's it's definitely I mean, they're definitely making very good use of the parasols in the yeah. uh, in the final scene. Well, and, and, and as a sort of background, it's a pretty cool sort of scene that they have. Sort of everything just lined up in circles, like concentric circles, and then they're fighting between the rows, and then they jump on the umbrellas as well, and they're all running all over the place. There's even like a stand that's like basically a ladder that's obviously set up so they can run up on it, grab the run parasol, the and jump off. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's 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 a very it's a very nice scene, and and the it's the chain the the chain thing that kills um the beggar guy. I, yeah. I just pulled up to the scene. Well, did he die or was he just severely injured? I think it's just severely um, injured. He might not have died, but he get he gets thrown out of the fight from it. Um, yeah, I guess it he, ends pretty soon after that. So. Yeah, because then he has his he has the chain around her neck, and that's when he has the sort of second thought, and then she stabs him. And um, a bit of and, and if and if, if people weren't expecting spoilers, sorry, um, <laughs> but the, you know the rule the rule here is the old uh, 
you know, the old movies we've decided can be spoiled. Um, yeah. I think just going by a 10-year rule is probably enough, right? Yeah, <laughs> that alone, so. 30 years. I, so. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, what was that? Uh, oh, yeah, for 30 years. It's, it's a 30-year-old movie. I, I was either 77 or 78. I saw conflicting information on yeah. that. But 78, that's, uh, you know, that's pretty old. That's uh, it's, it's almost 40 years old. Yeah. So. I think the sport does the spoiler rules uh, run out on that one, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was a fun movie. It was a very fun movie. It's one that I would say is fun, but I would definitely be cautious in recommending it to people because the the quality of the uh, transfer is so questionable. Um, I feel like you almost have to see Angela Mao in a prior film so that this isn't like your first exposure to her. But Oh, well, not even that. Like, I was going to say, like, this is not a movie you'd recommend to someone who doesn't know anything about Wuxia. Um, yeah. like, it, it, it's definitely something you would watch after a couple of um, more popular ones, and then you're still like, oh, well, they got this one with Angela Mao. It's a fun watch. And we'll, let's watch this one type of thing, rather than being like, okay, so you've never seen a Wuxia movie in your life. Let's start with <laughs> Swift Shaolin Boxer. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of stuff coming at you as a viewer, and if you're not accustomed to the genre, it might be disorienting. Um, if you're accustomed to it, you'll. I, I think ideally it's the kind of movie where you're like, ah, these are the elements I like. These are the kinds of things I like to see in this genre, so so bring it on. But, um, but yeah, I would say it's probably not the best first wuxia movie to show somebody um, for a variety of reasons, but, but, but that would definitely be part of it. Um, but for you know, I don't know. It it's um, it depends because if if you want to show somebody if if I mean there are people that like to sort of see obscure crazy old movies and this might be, you know, it's definitely kind of in that category too. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I did like it though. Um, I would just I would just maybe recommend if somebody wants to see an Angela Mao movie, I might recommend something like Hopkido first or uh, Broken Oath first. Um, uh, but, uh, but again, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it, it's, it's still a very, uh, you know, I thought it was a, it was a good movie. Yeah, I agree. I definitely enjoyed the movie and I would recommend it to people, but only if you've, yeah, only if you're familiar with Wuxian, yeah. <laughs> yeah. otherwise you're going to be in for a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do think you're right about that. I do think you're right about that. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. So we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully be back on with another movie soon um is there anything you wanted to add about the film before we uh before we end the uh the episode um only that i think he should have used his flute more like if he can kill people just by using his flute why did he not just play the flute all the time (laughs) i guess that's a good question they didn't i didn't really know the ground rules of the flute the flute because like he plays the flute and it's like people get like these weird bloody dots on their head and die right that was yeah um and i was unclear on if the flute itself was doing it or if he had some kind of needle he was firing from the, the i was not a hundred percent certain it was never really explained like yeah. th- there wasn't really the the sort of um like chi was not really used in the movie either there wasn't like chi contest or anything so you can't really say it was like using chi through the flute type of thing because 
it, it, a lot of like it, the combat in, in this movie was very grounded, I guess. But they did have it, a lot of the the sort of lightness kung fu in there. Yeah, yeah, lightness kung fu. So the, the agility aspect of it, but not really anything to do with the the channeling of energy type of thing. Like it was though, all very. Uh, though that might answer your question about the blades when the guy was grabbing onto the to the. Ah, yeah, you know, yeah. Or maybe his, his abnormal finger strength where it was like sort of his palms weren't actually touching the blade. It's just like gripping it with his fingertips yeah. trying to not. So, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not I'm not sure on that one. Uh, but I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, no. Um, I enjoy the movie and uh, I look forward to the next one. All right. So, we'll, uh, so me and Kenny will talk after this about what movie we're going to do. I'm going to try to talk him to... Uh, to another Lolier movie because I uh, I think that he's a, a worthy a worthy villain in a lot of these films. Um, but we'll be back on hopefully next week or the following week. And uh, again, the name of the movie was Swift Shallon Boxer. It's available on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it streaming there if you have the uh, Amazon Prime service. Um, uh, otherwise, you might have to pick it up on DVD or something. But uh, all right, so we'll talk to you later.